This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Do you want to set your child up for success? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. Well, I know with Eleanor, when she was struggling so much with math, if she had been able to do online learning at home, she would have been much better able to keep up with class, and that would have just made the whole situation much easier for her. Don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And half your listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com happier. Visit IXL.com happier to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hello, and welcome to Happier, a podcast that gives you strategies and ideas for how to build happier habits into your daily life. This week, we'll talk about why you should stop reading a book. Plus, we have a fun Know Yourself Better quiz. I love a Know Yourself Better quiz. I'm writer Gretchen Rubin. And I'm Elizabeth Kraft. I'm in LA where Gretchen, the jacarandas are blooming, which means it's staffing season <laughs> for us TV writers and producers. So I uh, am looking for a job and, and, and in need of your happiness tips. So this is good for me. Excellent. Um, but listen, Elizabeth, before we jump in, I, I want to hear how's your closet? Uh, in episode 10, we had our amazing uh, Inside Your Closet uh, episode where we were going through all your clutter. Are, how, are you keeping it pretty neat? You know, it's not bad. <laughs> I, um, I'm kind of noticing, I think it goes in like three day cycles. Ah. So I'll let things pile up on the floor or hanging over drawers or wherever for three days. And then I'll take five minutes and get it all straightened out again. So I am maintaining it, if not daily, at least weekly. So thank you for that. Yes, Adam is very happy. So thank you. <laughs> well, I had so much fun. And anybody who wants to see before, I love before and after photos. We do have, Elizabeth was very graciously allowed me to take before and after photos of her closet. So we have that on my site uh, for episode 10, if anybody wants to see what she was dealing with when she started. So this week, our try this at home tip is to stop reading a book if you don't enjoy it. I am someone who will stop. I won't stop reading a book, or at least I will say I'm not stopping reading a book, but I have stopped reading it. Ah. So what ends up happening is that it sits by my bed for weeks and I don't read anything. You know what I mean? No, I've had exactly the same thing where it just slows you down because you're not reading, you know, excitedly and like reading at every opportunity. And yet you're not starting another book that you really enjoy. And so it just slows you down. It's like a blocking book. Yeah. Like the goldfinch for me. Oh, 
And I know everyone loves the goldfinch, but I started reading it, realized it was about a little boy who lost his mother. And I just didn't want to read about that because I have a five-year-old son. And I just refused to admit to myself that I was not (laughs) going to read The Goldfinch. And so I don't know how long I went without reading anything except for Us Weekly. Okay, well, so here's the thing that'll make you feel better about that. So I kind of remembered that you had said that about The Goldfinch, and I had read something online, and I looked it up. And it turned out that there was an article in The Guardian, the e-bookseller Kobo did a survey of British people who read the e-book, and 55% did not finish the goldfinch. So you're in good company with that. All right. But but what I realized about it is that the great thing about stopping reading a book, if you don't if I don't enjoy it, is then I have more time to read the books that I do enjoy. And for a long time I thought of myself as this real reader and my identity as a real reader made me think like, well, real readers finish the books they start. But like you say, then then it just you end up doing less reading. And now that I really allow myself to stop I get so much more reading done because I'm racing through books. I'm excited to tackle my library stack or whatever instead of feeling like, oh, yeah, I got to go get that. But, you know, in the meantime, I'm going to reread this magazine that I've already read. Exactly. It's interesting, though, uh, the site Goodreads, which is a book recommendation site, they said that uh, they did a survey and 38 percent of people said they always finished a book. And that's a lot of people reading books yeah. that they don't like. So it's it's really um, kind of widespread. Yeah. So let's free everyone from finishing books, no matter how good they may be, that they do not want to finish. Let's just tell everyone it's okay. But it's also true of anything that you don't enjoy that you're supposed, supposedly doing for fun. I think it's, it's sometimes we think like, well, of course this is fun. This activity is fun. Everybody enjoys this activity. But just because something's fun for someone else doesn't mean it's fun for you. And it's surprising how often, you know, you sort of think like, oh, of course, everybody enjoys watching sports on TV or everybody enjoys going to bars or everybody enjoys going shopping. But if you don't enjoy it, it's not fun for you. And if you don't spend time doing it, then that's time that you free up for the things that you actually do enjoy. On my site, I have a one pager called Reading Better Than Before that has ideas about how to shape your habits in order to get more reading done. And one of them is stop reading a book if you don't enjoy it. I will check that out. Uh, So let us know if you do try this at home and if stopping reading a book that you don't enjoy works for you. Well, Gretch, I'm very excited because today we are introducing a brand new segment to the podcast about habits, uh, which, um, of course, comes out of your new book, Better Than Before. And, you know, so many people since we started doing this have been tweeting and emailing and calling about habits that we, you know, we've just decided, well, let's talk nitty gritty about habits. (laughs) Um, Plus I'm obsessed. So yes, yes. you are obsessed. It comes up once or (laughs) twice in every conversation. Conversation, So first of all, let's set the stage because I think it's really interesting how you even came about writing the book. You kind of realized that Different habits, rules work for different people. So just tell me about the sort of genesis of that, because I think it's interesting. Well, I'd been writing about happiness for a long time and talking to people about it. And I began to notice that when people were having an issue with their happiness, often it was because there was some habit problem. You know, like people would say, oh, I'm just so exhausted. And that was about the habit of getting enough sleep. Um, So I was sort of edging up to the 
subject of habits. But then his friend made this casual comment that got me completely preoccupied with solving the riddle of habits. Because she said, well, I know I would be happier if I had the habit of exercise. And when I was in high school, I was on the track team and I never missed track practice. But I can't go running now. Why? And I thought, same person, same behavior. One time she could do it, now she can't. What is going on? And that is what got me completely preoccupied with the subject of habits. And that led to you coming up with this whole concept of the four tendencies, which are basically everyone falls into one of four personality tendencies and it dict, and where you fall dictates how you're going to respond to different, you know, habit practices. Yeah. So what are the four tendencies? And then tell us about each one. Yeah. Now we talked about this a couple episodes ago in number 11. I'm super excited about it because it just about killed me coming up with this framework, identifying this framework. <laughs> and it really does seem to be helpful for people. It's like you really understand yourself better and then other people better um, when you know this. So there is a quiz online. So if you want to take the quiz, go to GretchenRubin.com and you can diagnose yourself there. It will spit out an answer. But a lot of times people know where they are if I just quickly describe it. And it has to do with how you deal with an expectation, an outer expectation like a work deadline or an inner expectation like your own desire to learn how to play guitar. So the four tendencies are upholder, questioner, obliger, and rebel. Right. Right. So, okay. so upholder readily responds to outer and inner expectations. So they meet a work deadline and they can practice guitar on their own without much fuss. Questioners question all expectations. They hate anything arbitrary or unfair or irrational. So they make everything an inner expectation because if they approve it, they'll do it. If they don't, if they're not convinced, they won't do it. Next, obligers. Obligers meet outer expectations, but they struggle with inner expectations. And that's my friend on the track team. When she had a coach and a team, she had no trouble showing up to go running. But when it was just herself, then she struggled. And then finally, rebels. Rebels resist all expectations, outer and inner alike. They want to do what they want to do in their own <laughs> way. If you ask or tell them to do something, they're very likely to do the opposite. So those are the four tendencies. And as you can imagine, it has a lot of implications for how you would most readily form habits. Yeah. I mean, as I've said before, I am, I think, probably a fairly classic obliger. Yeah. I respond very much to deadlines, to people, you know, of authority telling me I need to do something, to a promise I make to someone. I'll be eaten up inside if I miss, you know, an appointment, anything like that. You, of course, are the ultimate upholder, <laughs> uh, which is the smallest category, right? Because you're kind of... No, rebel is the very smallest category. Oh, that's right. Rebel, rebel is the, the very smallest tendency. And then, but you're right, upholder is also very, very small. Those are the two extreme personalities. And they're smaller. Overwhelmingly, people are questioners or, or obligers. But like, this is the thing, like when I started writing this book, I had no idea that I was like on the freaky fringe. I mean, I think no, I've you, been telling you for years. <laughs> you have been. And, you know, but I didn't understand it. And now I see like, this is this is an unusual way to be just like being rebel is pretty unusual. Most people are obligers or questioners. And the thing is, once you know that, it's much easier to deal with other people because, like, I used to get really exasperated with people who wouldn't, who would, like, just wouldn't do something. I'm like, didn't we talk about this? Like, why are, like, what's the issue here? Or, like, my husband, so Jamie's a questioner, as you know. Right. Um, and so what you need if you want a questioner to do something is you need to explain why. And here was a perfect example. So 
Jamie was going to the gym, and he goes right by the grocery store on his way home. And I wanted him to pick up sliced turkey. And he doesn't like to get sliced turkey because he doesn't like to wait in line while they slice it. And I knew that if I texted him and just said, like, hey, will you pick up sliced turkey on your way home? He wouldn't do it because he'd be like, we've got plenty of food at home. Like, why should I get sliced turkey? Like, as an upholder, if he asked me to do it, I would just be like, well, there's got to be some reason. Okay, fine. It wouldn't even occur to me not to do it unless I, like, simply couldn't. But for him, so I knew, but I know him now, now that I know he's a questioner, now that I've come up with this framework, I said, can you pick up sliced turkey on your way home from the gym? Because our daughter Eleanor has two field trips this week and she needs to pack a lunch two times because, you know, now you can't use peanut butter. And, and so then he did it because he just needed to know why, why, why should I do this? Like, why are you asking me? And if, and, and so now I don't get angry with him. It used to, I used to be annoyed, like, why won't you just do what I say? But now I know he just needs to know why. Well, I mean, and I have to give you credit because I do think since writing this book, even more than in when you wrote The Happiness Project, you have become far more tolerant of other wow. people's sort of uh, not, you know, not having as easy of a time as you do following, you know, certain guidelines. Well, that's a very uh, nice thing to say. I, 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 would lo- I hope that's true. Because um, I do think as an upholder, you do like tend to be annoyed when other people don't easily meet expectations. And so that's great. To th- I, I really hope that I feel like it does make me more understanding of like, and also like with an obliger, you're just like, well, what you need to do is have the external accountability. Like with you trying to write that book, I've said to you, like, I think you need to have some form of external accountability because it's hard to just, but then once you have it, then you're on the hook and that's unpleasant. You know? I know, and I don't, and I, I don't want to be on the hook, so that's why I'm resisting you. Or like when you know, if you go to the gym with a friend, or you have a trainer, or you take a class, or you have an accountability. I have a on my site. I have this starter kit for people who want to form accountability groups for each other, because it's like that. That's what it's going to be. And I mean, I know somebody who's uh, married to a rebel, and she said, "Well, once I know that he was a rebel, it didn't bother me as much when he just like if I ask him to do something, he absolutely will not do it." And she said, "Now I don't take it personally because I realized as I thought about it." He's like this with everyone. I used to think it was me, but it's like, no, actually, he's like this with everybody. It's just who he is. So, so okay, like, that's the guy I married, for good or for ill. That's just his nature. And so I think that's how the four tendencies can be helpful, because you understand yourself and you understand other people. Yeah, so I'm very interested to hear what, you know, our listeners are, what categories they fall into. Yeah, so report back on whether knowing your tendency has helped you uh, change your habits or uh, get along in, in a relationship. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. 
Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Gretchen, before we get to our voicemail question of the week, in addition to questions, we've been getting a lot of comments about the things we discuss in our podcast. And today we thought it would be fun to share some of the people's comments from our Treat Yourself episode, which I think was episode nine. Yeah. So here are some of the treats. It's great to get comments and hear how people are responding to different things. So definitely send us an email or a voicemail. So here were some of the great treats. One person gave herself 20 to 30 minutes of reading time while she drank a mug of hot lemon and honey water and found that very relaxing. That sounds like a great treat. That Uh, sounds like a treat for you. Yeah, I would love that treat. Um, That's a treat. Yes, I would do. Another was catching up with podcasts in the bath in the middle of the day. And that person said we were their first pick of podcasts. So that's a treat. Uh, We definitely thumbs up on that one. Absolutely. Uh, Another one is the subscription to Us Weekly. She gets it every Friday and loves reading it on her commute. She said she felt a little bad subscribing to it, but it's actually cheaper to subscribe than to buy it in the store. And she used a discount uh, site to get it. So that's not a lot of money. Um, And then I want I love this one fur therapy from a listener who will just cuddle up with her cat who doesn't often let himself be petted but will do it at night and so it's great to have time with the cat. Oh, that's sweet. These are great treats. Great very inspiring, treats, very healthy treats yeah. too, very healthy treats. So now let's do the listener question. And this was an email question, so I'm going to read it. It's from Leslie. So Leslie writes, I love the podcast. Um, For years, I've been wondering how to apply all your great tips to a dating life. I've been a single lady on and off for years. As I enter my late 20s, dating is becoming increasingly grim and hard. Do you have any tips for being happy while slogging through dating, online or not, and nurturing these budding relationships? I know you're both married but maybe this question will push you to think outside the box. Ah. Well, we've certainly discussed this many times, you know, in the past. In the past, yes. Before we were both married. Yes. Now, and I think you know one of my favorite stories about how to handle the madness of dating. Elizabeth, you've heard me tell this many times. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is a friend of mine in college who gave me what I thought was the most brilliant advice, which is always have two crushes at once. Because you said if you have one, one crush... You can kind of go a little nuts and behave like a crazy person. But if you have two crushes, they kind of keep you balanced. And if things aren't going well with one crush, well, then you just think about your other crush. And, um, and I found that to be true with a lot of things, like creative projects. If, like, if you have two things, it's like, oh, I have my book and my podcast. It's like, well, you know, whenever you're kind of sick of one or it's not going well, you turn to the other. So that's one thing is to, not const- to try to have options and to have, feel like you've got a lot of balls in the air. That's great advice. I also think it's a good idea to have specific time when you're just hanging out with friends and you're not sort of out thinking, okay, tonight I'm going to meet the love of my life or at this museum, maybe in line, I'll meet the love of my life. And you're just giving yourself a break from that and enjoying your time and not feeling that stress. Because I think people, it really is a stress in life, this feeling like you have to meet the one, you have to meet the one. 
So I think that having a break from it can be really useful. But also, just in terms of what makes people happy, strong relationships make people happy. So if you feel like you have a lot of strong relationships in your life of all different sorts, you're just going to be happier generally, and that's going to put you in a better frame of mind. One thing that's interesting about loneliness, because I was I did some research in loneliness, which is certainly a huge happiness challenge, It is. it's true that many people need both a social circle and an intimate relationship. And so if you feel kind of unsatisfied with your your friends and your family and you, you feel like you want that connection, I mean, that's a real thing. You know, it is something that many people long for, you know, no surprise. But I think the key is to try to be as happy as you can be under the circumstances. Maybe there's one part of your life that isn't working to your satisfaction. But if you can be as happy as you can be elsewhere, then you kind of, you set yourself up better generally. Yeah, because, of course, happy people draw happy people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I hope that's helpful. If you want us to tackle your questions on a future show, call us at 774-277-9336. That's 77-HAPPY-336. And remember, this is in the description, so you can look it up there if you can't remember it. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. So, Gretch, this week I'm up with a happiness demerit. Um, and this one, it, it all goes back to one of your rules of life, which is beware free stuff. Yeah. You always say that. And I had a, you know, I had a free stuff explosion. (laughs) I went to Bloomingdale's to get face cream. I knew exactly Uh. what I needed. I went, I got the face cream as I'm checking out. She says, oh, you know, if you spend nine more dollars, you'll get a $25 gift certificate in the mail. Uh-huh. And I th- I said, no, I'm, I really don't need anything. And then I saw some eye makeup remover and I said, oh, okay, why don't I get the eye makeup remover, which I don't really need, but theoretically one always needs eye makeup remover. It, but it, it does last for like two years. But yeah, it you does. Feel like it's and used, I have you know. two years worth, but <laughs> yes. So I, I bought the eye makeup remover. So now I'm getting my $25 gift certificate, which, you know, theoretically I'll use someday. And then she comes, she walks away and she comes back with this like duffel bag, this Bloomingdale's duffel bag. 
And she said, look what I have for you. It's the last one. And I said, oh, I don't need that. She goes, but look at the inside. It's lined. It's perfect for going to the gym. Of course, I don't go to the gym. Uh, It's so nice. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't have another canvas tote bag. (laughs) And she said, you don't want it? And I was like, no, I'll take it. I just, I broke down in the moment. I couldn't say no to the lined duffel bag. Uh, And then if that wasn't bad enough, She's putting the, the duffel bag in the bag, and then I look behind her. I see this huge tub. It's like enormous of those bags of free gifts and the be- you know the little you know collection of things you get. Yeah. And and then the, the also little cosmetic bags. And I said, "Oh, what's that?" And she was like, "Oh, that's a free gift." She goes, "I'll give you that too." And I said, "Great." <laughs> Even though just when we cleaned my closet, I had just thrown out like four of those unopened free gift yeah. bags. So she puts that in and then she goes over to this other cabinet and she starts pulling out more samples. So she gives me body oil, which I will never use, and a compact mirror, which, I mean, I think is something from the 50s. So, um, and I took it all, and I left, even though I should have just had a tiny bag, I left with this enormous Bloomingdale's bag, and it was ridiculous, and as I was walking out, I had this, you know, pit in my stomach, because I knew I had just gotten all this stuff, which I didn't want, I didn't need, it was a total waste, and yet... I fell apart. So, you know, that's my happiness to merit for the week. And I'm going to try not to do it again. But this is the thing. It's very hard when something's free to turn it down. I mean, they, this is, it comes up with food all the time. Like, you're like, oh, I'm going to be so good. But then when it's like a free sample, you can't say no. But, you know, and I think the, the, the thing, so part of it is like the clutter that you've brought into your house and your, your, like your lovely new closet. But also it's the wastefulness. You know, it's like, I don't really need this duffel bag, but there's somebody out there who really could use this duffel bag. And the fact that I have it just somehow feels wrong or like there's this body oil that somebody would be excited to have, but I'm not going to use it, but I have it. And now it's sort of like out of circulation. It's not going to reach its fulfillment. And, you know, I don't know. There is something I say that, but I take free stuff, too. It's You do? That shocks me. That that shocks me because I, I feel like you have great discipline and you would reject all free stuff. You know, I can't principle. resist. I can't resist a canvas bag. Even you fall prey to the free stuff. That does make me feel better. What's what's your gold star this week? Well, this is a gold star for this this habit that I have with my daughter, Eliza, who's a teenager. And I had realized that I didn't have much time with her by herself for just hanging out. You know, with my younger daughter, I still walk her to school and, you know, she reads to me every night and we're just, she's not as busy, so we have more time to hang out. But my time with Eliza was cut short because she's so much busier and uh, and she walks to and from school by herself and uh, a lot of times I go to bed before she does. And so I just felt like I needed some time with her that was just apart from nagging, apart from, you know, what are you doing? Let's check this off the list. Um, and so we started having an afternoon once a week where I meet her after school and we would go and we call it an adventure, though it's really it's very unadventurous. We very, almost never leave the neighborhood, partly because she's a backpack that weighs like a thousand pounds. And so it's, you know, you don't feel like, oh, let's get on the subway and ride for 45 minutes because, you know, it's like slowly crushing her. But fortunately, you know, there's, we live in New York City, so there's a like high density of museums and we'll just go and, you know, hang out and have like a little snack and walk around and just explore something that we're, that's interesting, not for very long. Um, But the idea is we just, 
we're just hanging out. We're not, we don't have anything to do. We don't have anything to accomplish. We don't have anything to figure out. I had read somewhere that a really good way to talk to teenagers is in the car because they, they're, they're more forthcoming if you're not like face to face looking them in the eye. And, you know, we're in New York City, so we're not in cars that much. But I definitely feel like when we're walking around, like you're like, we'll be walking through the uh, museum and just kind of looking at things and she's taking pictures with her phone. And, and I do feel like it creates an atmosphere where she's, she does sort of tell me more about what's going on or kind of give me more insight into her life just because it doesn't feel pressured. It's just this kind of hanging out kind of in between time. And it's really nice. And But so there's sort of a demerit as well, because since she's she's playing a sport this season, we haven't been able to do it because she's been so busy. And then when she's yeah. not doing the sport, she has to do her homework. Um, so I'm really excited for that, for the season to be over so that we can get right back into it. And I want to get right back in so that we don't lose the habit of doing it because it was something that was super, super wonderful. Absolutely. And what I love is that then, you know, as Eleanor gets older, she can sort of have her rite of passage will be when she starts having her or, you know, afternoon adventures with mom. So there's, I mean, there's nothing not to like about that. That's a great gold star. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember, try it at home. Stop reading a book that doesn't interest you. And let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thanks, as always, to our producer, Henry Malofsky. And thanks as well to Andy Bowers and Laura Mayer from Panoply. Please let us know what you think of the show. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. If you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us on iTunes. And please rate and review us, too, because for a new podcast like ours, it's a big help to get rates and reviews. And right now, we have 197 ratings, so... Please be our 200th rating. It will make us so excited. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward. This podcast is part of the Panoply Network. Check out our entire roster of podcasts at iTunes.com Panoply. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework.